Welcome to Pat Sherlock's podcast series, interviews with top mortgage sales leaders. Learn practical tips for improving sales management results. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Pat Sherlock, and welcome to the podcast. Today's topic is hiring virtually. What a hot topic for sure. I'm excited to have our expert, Frank Tomeo, who is Director of Sales at Univest. Prior to that, Frank was with Wells and GMAC, and he's recognized as a star within our industry. Hi, Frank. Hi, Pat. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. Well, Frank, this is a hot topic, but before we get to that part, let's talk a little bit about how did you get into mortgage banking and banking? Yeah, I'm happy to touch on that. So I would say getting into mortgage banking was my, call it my third career. Um, it had been in uh, consumer consumer business and retail prior to getting into mortgage banking. Mortgage banking was a, a high school and a college friend who invited me into the business. At the time, went to work with Long & Foster and their mortgage company, which is now Berkshire Hathaway. So started in that uh, was 1999, 2000, and really kind of learned the business from the real estate side of the business, which was great and was something that I really enjoyed. That's how I got in. And I think it was kind of what really got my passion about the business was really watching our ability to help homeowners get into their dream home. And it kind of, from then, it just has never felt like a, a job necessarily. Well, that's great. And actually, it's interesting that you started from really on the realtor side of things. I'm sure that helps in today's world. So what what are some of the challenges as running uh, sales for you? What have you seen? I think it's, you know, there's always the, you know, in our industry, there's always the emotion that goes behind this business. Uh, obviously, the market, and you can't control that piece, you know, and then obviously, most recently, the, you know, the pandemic. And, and I think in general, all of those things have made it extremely tricky from a, from a leadership standpoint and, and helping to navigate your sales team. My goal really is just, you know, just really to talk a little bit about, you know, trying to hire in this environment. And, and you know, I really what I think is most important is, is helping my team navigate whatever market we get and making sure that as the leader, I'm able to help them really execute to their plan. And really, that's kind of the, I would say, for me, that's my focus is trying to really understand my team's plan so I can best help them and assist them getting, you know, to the next level and hopefully improving and increasing their business. So when you look at this year, it certainly had some ups and downs. What has surprised you in 2021? What surprised me has been the, kind of how quickly we moved away from refinance into a more of a purchase market. And, you know, fully expected there would be some, you know, there would be that move on the, on the backside of the, the, the pandemic and COVID. But, you know, I think the other thing that's been unexpected was the lack of inventory that we've seen. We really thought we would see an improvement in that, but it still has been extremely tight, which then makes it even more challenging in a real purchase market because there, although there are buyers and people that want to buy, there's just not the inventory there to support it. And then I guess the other piece too, that which is kind of triple whammy is that new construction has really, the cost of new construction has gone up dramatically because of the, the labor supply and also the just getting raw materials. So with all these changes, here's the key question. How do you stay on top of it? And certainly you've been in the business a long time. So what, what is some of your, your tricks? 
you know, I follow a lot of the public, you know, publications that are industry publications just to try and keep myself and my team aware of what's happening in the market. But I think the best way for, for me to help my team is to be in the market with my team. Because what I end up seeing there is I get a chance to see what the competition is doing. I get a chance to see what the market is really doing. And I have I cover a, a diverse geography and, and you can't treat all markets the same. So you really need to kind of take a step back from it once you kind of get close to the market and you get a feel for what you need to do. And then you need to build a strategy around how you can help your teams really execute up against the challenges that are always inevitably in this business. There's always something standing between yourself and obviously being able to, to build the kind of pipeline and, and, and close the amount of loans that you want to. There's always challenges to get through that. Um, so, you know, I think for me, it's, you know, I, I tend to be a very, I would say, involved leader from a standpoint of running a lot of joint sales calls and, and helping to analyze someone's business plan to make sure that we're spending time efficiently so that they can have the life work balance that everyone really truly desires. Right. That is so true. So let's get into the topic of hiring virtually. Certainly the last 18 months have been a challenge for all leaders as far as recruiting is concerned with, but talk about how you were able to handle it and what did you see work? We're very fortunate. Uh, I have a great leadership team here and I think we you know, it's funny when COVID happened in March of 2020, in April of 2020, we started talking about building our purchase business on the, you know, once COVID was done. And a lot of that centered around finding and attracting top purchase producers to join our organization. And I think, you know, what I'll say is we were, we were able to double the size of our sales team during COVID. And of course, many companies had to deal with just doubling or trying to increase their operation staff. We had to deal with the increased volume from the pandemic, but also the fact that we had doubled the sales team. You know, what I would say to that is, you know, I, I do think that that's where, you know, industry experience and relationships are critically important. We are definitely using a strategic approach to the market. We are not, we recognize that, you know, we're not going to be for every producer because we, you know, we have a, a definite product set that works in the market. But, you know, there's so many different mortgage companies and so many different types of platforms out there. I think that the key really is try to understand who you are and what you're best at and then looking for loan officers that match your culture and, and your product set. And that's kind of what we really spent the time doing. I would say it was a very targeted approach. It was not a mass marketing approach. It, and I think you know, what ended up happening was the pandemic and the fact that folks were quarantined for quite some time, it allowed accessibility to people. I think people were, certainly the lifestyle had changed. And so our communication patterns were all virtual, whether it be text messaging or calling, or obviously doing virtual meetings, kind of like we're doing here, we escalated all that activity. And, and it really was the key to the success that we had last year that, that carried into this year as well. Does that make sense? Sure does. And Frank, talk about, so were these individuals, in other words, you're obviously an experienced person, and these were individuals you knew, or were these people that, in other words, were people that you did not know? There's a There was a combination of two. I mean, we, we had certainly people that we knew or knew us. 
I think the other part was people that we knew were in the market that were really good at what we do, which we're, even though we're owned by a bank and we have, we're blessed to have bank customers that want our support from the mortgage team. We also have a full product suite that allows us to be a very self-sourced purchase facing uh, first time home buyer type product mix that allows me to play very well in most markets. And so what we really did was we aimed that product mix and leadership team and strategy at what we thought were really good purchase producers at a time where candidly, I did not expect to get the kind of uh, opportunity that we did during the pandemic. But like anything else, I guess in life, if, if you don't ask, you certainly won't get it. And we did our, our share of asking. I think we just did it in a very strategic way. And it, and it allowed us to have really meaningful conversations where we could spend quality time and not just talk to the market. Um, we were really trying to be present to make a good decision on whether we would really adequately support someone joining us. If we, we didn't think we could help them grow, we really didn't pursue them candidly. It was, it was, that was the approach we took to the market. So, so Frank, talk about, in other words, so these are individuals you don't know. Talk about what would be the marketing se sequence. It sounds like the first part you did was set up a strategic plan of who was the best match. And then what was that marketing sequence that you followed? So it sounded like it was text messages, in other words, and you weren't able to do in-person meetings. So how did that all work out? It actually is is still to this day, when you think about we're now in July of 2021, we went into quarantine in March of 2020, and we doubled our sales team. And I have yet to meet a very good percentage of my sales team that is still here gainfully doing business right now. So I'll tell you, you know, a little bit of kind of the inside baseball and what we did. You know, so we did definitely target the market. Even though we may not have personally known some of these candidates, we had relationships with someone who did. And I'm, you know, very big on not necessarily cold calling. So what I try to do is have someone that I know or knew someone connect me with an individual, let's say that I saw in a market, I think that we could help. And whether through, you know, certainly LinkedIn is a great strategy, um, certainly social media for, for sure. Text messaging continues to be the most uh, successful way to communicate with top talent. It is increasingly harder to get top talent on the phone, but inevitably top talent will answer pretty much 100% of the text messages that you send them. And so I use it uh, myself. I have deployed it successfully in what we're talking about this strategy here. And that accessibility, I think for people to know that they can get you when they need you, um, I think it does let people know that you are a leader who's actively involved in, in the business because they get me at 10 o'clock at night, they get me on Saturday at three in the afternoon. They'll get me at Sunday at two. So it's it's very, you know, I, I do leave the lines of communication very much wide open. And I think for the people that I didn't necessarily know, I found a way to get in front of them and, and then really find out if there was any type of synergy there between what they were looking to do and where their business was and what we were looking to do and kind of where our business currently sits as well. So it's, it is a, you know, I call it a full contact sport and it's, you know, it's a cumulative business. Everything you do today, you know, positive or negative leads to what happens tomorrow. And I just stay extremely active in this space. Um, don't 
certainly don't know everybody, but know a lot of folks in the market and and not approaching everyone in the market either. I think you really have to be careful on what you are going to, you know, what your reputation becomes in a market. You know, are you looking for everybody or anybody, or are you really focused in on certain types of talent that you think you can help? And that's kind of been our, our success story has really kind of resonated around that. So Frank, when you're doing this texting and they don't really know you, you found that there was a wide acceptance of receiving a text. It sounds like that was the case. So I would say, you know, kind of like use my relationships to get at least an introduction to a particular candidate. And once I have that introduction, I probably would connect via LinkedIn, um, have it maybe initial conversation there via email, and then immediately reach to them via text to let them know that I'm available and that I'll make myself available when they're convenient for them to talk. I think the biggest thing with with busy people is just that they're, they're trying to get through their business. And then if they're going to talk about things that are outside their business, they're going to do it on their time. So uh, that's normally what does happen. And believe it or not, it's, it is, seems like a very free-flowing exchange of information that way. And then I arrange for a, a time that's convenient for, for us to talk and hopefully be able to do some kind of a virtual meeting where I can see who I'm talking to and they can see me. Um, you know, obviously, as forward to today, we're, we're now back to getting face-to-face meetings with folks and, and I'm back in the market now pretty much regularly. When you did have the face-to-face that was actually virtual, was that a Zoom meeting? And what was the length of time of that initial? Because you haven't met these people. I mean, this was, you were listening to them or talk about what that actual Zoom virtual meeting was like. Yeah, Yeah, it's a great question. And and I think the, so normally I would spend some time with the candidate. If the candidate had some interest or demonstrated you know, let's say uh, questions that went beyond even, you know, what I could get to, you know, that call normally would be about a 30 minute call, um, just gauging, you know, kind of where they are in their business and, and, and kind of where we are in our business. And we would then make an agreement on, you know, whether we should check back in. And, and you know, you know, many people are good and happy with doing what they're doing and, you know, happy to spend some time to learn a little bit. And, and then others were willing to engage, you know, pretty quickly thereafter. And, I kind of advanced the conversations to include, like I would have my head of underwriting meet with them or they have questions on underwriting. So I'd have the head of underwriting or they'd have questions about pricing. So I have capital markets talk with them um, or I'd have another manager that works on my team who let's say works in their market specifically would, would come into the conversation. So, you know, we really use a holistic approach of having, uh, you know, many leaders on the team talk to prospective candidates and and really the virtual aspect of that really helped me speed the process because people's schedules are busy and so to get my leadership team to meet with someone on a given day at a given time is not easy to do but virtually was way easier to coordinate those types of meetings which made the speed to market and my ability to get to many candidates Uh, it made it much more controllable. So going forward, that raises the question, since this works so well, are you going to continue this? And let's say when they are allowing um, face-to-face meetings, or what are your thoughts on that? I think, you know, I'm, uh, I know we're talking, you know, more of the, you know, hiring and recruiting in this remote environment we've been in. And, And 
the answer is I'm, I absolutely am going to continue it because, you know, what it allows me to do as a leader is maximize my time. And, and again, my time, is it, it, when I say my time, my time is invested in my team. So the more efficient I am at doing what I'm doing to grow my business, the more time I get a chance to spend with my team growing their business. Because of my commitment to my team, look to try to maximize my schedule and minimize the amount of downtime I have in the market by using as much technology as I can. And, you know, I also think it demonstrates that, you know, in a tech tech savvy industry that we're in and, and only see more technology being introduced every day, you have to demonstrate that to, to any candidate looking to join a company. You know, we have all the tools we need here at our disposal, whether it be web meetings, web conferencing, anything we need to do, we can do remote. We have great technology here. So, you know, I think it does demonstrate to candidates, they do understand quickly that, it, you know, if we were forced back into some kind of a quarantine remote issue, we're fully functioning and open for business. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not moving away from that. That's a great point. If you had to look back from now to when this all started, so what was the average length of time that it took you to recruit people, if you had to say? Yeah, you know, that's the, that is definitely a really tough question. And what I would say is that everyone's situation is unique. I think what we're trying to do is um, meet people on their timelines. I you know, I've been in positions before where I've had a lot of downward pressure from executive leadership around hiring quotas and having to hit certain criteria as far as, you know, new hires. I, in this role, I don't have that. And I think what it's allowed us to do is relax and really just let us introduce the platform to really good talent and let them decide on their time. Um, that being said, you, that does prolong the period of time it takes to, from start to finish. But, you know, if you think about doubling the sales organization in, in the pandemic for us, you know, and that was no small feat, you know, because we had to onboard and everything virtually, um, you know, I would say the average time was probably three months, you know, in general, but, but to have done what we did, you know, over and over again during the pandemic virtually, I mean, I, it's exciting because I, I know I can do that now that we're, Kind of call it post-pandemic. I guess we're now coming out of it, at least for now, hopefully. Yeah, that's a great point that you're making. I, I think you're right on that. I think many of these techniques are going to be used going forward. So, Frank, we only have a couple minutes left. Why don't you share with our listeners a couple takeaways that you found were really important? You know, first off, I want to I want to thank you for inviting me to the to the podcast. I really appreciate your perspective and, and industry knowledge and 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 envision around what you're doing. And I know today's a special day, so happy birthday to you as well. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, yeah, you're quite welcome. You're quite welcome. But, you know, listen, I think for me, I just, I'm a student of the business, just trying to, you know, I guess start as a loan officer and now as a leader of loan officers, I feel like I, my client, I have multiple clients, Pat, and I, and I use this with my team every day. My Obviously, my borrowers are our clients, um, but my loan officers are my clients, and their referral partners are my clients, and my operations team is my client. And you know, every decision I make, if it's not good for all four of those clients, I don't push forward. Um, but if I go through the process of looking at everything I'm doing and it's good for all four of those clients, uh, I'm going to find a way to get that done. 
And so it makes it very easy for me to manage my business using that. It really, I think that the challenge for me coming through uh, the last call 12 to 18 months was just the heightened volume that came from the rate environment and the and and what that did to your business when when you're really trying to help promote not just refinancing but home ownership as it relates to purchase. You know, we did double our purchase business while we saw unprecedented uh, refinance volume. And, you know, we are a purchase shop. So, you know, things I've learned is just, you know, being able to balance the two in a market where it's extremely volatile. I think I learned a lot about my team and their resiliency and their ability to work in in what was a really challenging market for everyone in the industry. And, and, And by the way, I mean, we're fortunate because this industry stayed open for business while many other businesses and industries, you know, were shuttered in place. And I think they're trying at this point, you know, I would say forward thinking, you know, would like to be able to do, you know, more to help those who who need help coming out of COVID because not every business will be as resilient or have the benefits that the, certainly the real estate and mortgage industry shared coming through it. But um, yeah, that's kind of what I've, I would say learned in the last, call it 12, 18 months from this whole pandemic. Well, that's a really good point. I think everybody can learn from that too. And it sounds like you did a fabulous job. I want to thank you, Frank, for sharing your thoughts. And I want to thank everybody for listening. I certainly appreciate you spending time with us. Thanks so much, Frank. Pat, have a great day. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We appreciate you spending time with us. If your sales team needs training in hiring and lead generation, schedule a free consultation by emailing me at psherlock at qfsconsulting.com.